In today's episode, Zach, ROI Williams, and I dive deep, really, really deep on what it means to truly understand the world around you and how that can impact you as a person and as an entrepreneur. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. If life is a book, most people have only written one page. Larry Ostrovsky. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out thedozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and a bunch of kick-ass people looking to get more stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is Zach ROI Williams. Zach is a serial entrepreneur and a serial investor that is on a mission to produce 1,000 millionaires in the next five years. He owns a marketing firm and an education platform with offers so good, you can't say no. Man, Zach, I'm so happy and excited to have you on here. Welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me in the do zone. Uh, super honored to be here and in front of your audience. But, uh, you know, to answer that question, it really is action. And I know that kind of sounds cliche. And going to the word cliche, there's so many phrases and quotes and hoopla and buzzwords out there that I think people get so caught up in just consuming all of that information that they never actually implement it. So when I'm talking to someone, speaking to someone, or even mentoring someone, as soon as you find something that I say that you can implement immediately, go and do it right then. The rest of what I say doesn't even matter if you actually never implement it. So implementation, uh, I think is 100% key. You know, I actually, uh, I started talking about a term that I would call deliberate learning. And deliberate learning is basically what you just said. If you learn something, go and apply it immediately. If you're a salesperson and you watched some video about how some guy just had this savage objection rebuttal or something, go and put that into your next sales call. Even if it's awkward, and you're not quite sure about it. 100%. If you saw some marketing strategy that you thought was pretty cool that got you to sign up, go and put it in your own funnel right now. 100%. Go and go and talk about it. If you learn some concept about how the brain works, start telling somebody else about that thing that you learned because it really what it does is it helps implant things into your brain and it helps reduce that resistance to uh, your ability to go out and just apply it because you're not scared of it anymore. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, so there's like a 30% retention. If you just hear something, there's like 40% retention. If you see something visually, uh, and then I think there's a 50% retention. 
if you see and hear it all at the same time. Uh, however, there's a 90% retention rate if you actually go and teach someone else how to do it immediately after. Mm. So it's it's really cool that you said that. Yeah, and and that's true. It's uh, there's a there's a bit of a cliche out there about uh, those who can do, those who can't teach. <laughs> it was a little bit of a. Uh, I used to be a teacher, and that's why I know this. <laughs> oh, nice. And so uh, all of all of us who couldn't make it as I was a musician, all of us who couldn't make it as professional musicians, we went and taught so that we could make a living. You know, but right. But the fact of the matter is. I have a commanding knowledge of how music works because I was teaching adolescents how music works. I was teaching them at this, like, okay, how do I break this down in a way that somebody else can understand? Maybe something I don't even fully understand, but I got to figure it out. The best way to figure it out is to show somebody else how to do it. It's kind of counterintuitive, right? Right. Uh, it's funny you say that too, because I kind of take a, a somewhat of an approach like that to my own personal brand um, is you have, if you were to ask the average person who are the you know wealthiest people in the world, now the average person, not people like us, you know, you're going to get Elon Musk's and Jeff Bezos and Grant Cardone's and Andy Fursella's and Ryan Stuman's out of us. Uh, but then uh, if you were to ask the average person, you're probably going to hear like your Beyonce's and your Jay-Z's and your, um, you know, Brett Favre's and your, you're going to hear like sports and uh, you know, musical talents. And it's funny because when you start looking at an approach of like education and skill set, it's not the players that are out there making the calls. It's the coaches with that, with the opportunity to be able to see what the grand picture of things is instead of having tunnel vision. It's not the performers, it's the ghost writers, it's the writers, it's the producers. Now, however, it takes both of those concepts to make something successful because not only do you have to see the plan and put out the plan, but you have to, to execute on the plan. You can't just write the song really well. You have to also, you, there's also the, the implementation of singing or performing it well. Uh, and so that for me, uh, you know, I like to have a little bit of both in my approach. Like I, I do like to have the knowledge and the skill set to be able, and I did, I do know that your channel focuses a lot on working on your business instead of in your business. Um, but from my standpoint and my personal brand, I like being able to dissect the direction that we're going, the path that I'm going down, but I like to, in a sense, perform it in a way that I think is attractive is educational and is motivating for people to be like, Hey, I can be like this guy. I want to be like this guy. Let me learn from this guy. Um, so I like that you uh, brought that up. Well, so speaking of this guy, <laughs> not this guy. No, I want to talk about this guy. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's dive into that. You know, what's, what makes Zach Williams tick and take us back to, you know, what, what were you doing? kind of before you started taking this path and, and was there, was there a major kind of turning point that got you to where you are? I know a little bit about your story, but let's just back, let's back up just enough to, to give everybody a little bit of perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we are going to probably back up about 16 years now, uh, 15, 16 years. Um, and I was just a regular old kid going to college uh, or about to go to college. And at the time I wanted to get into like some photography um, videography, a little bit of graphic design, stuff like that. 
Uh, and, and in fact, the whole reason I went to school was for photography. That's what I thought I wanted to do at the time. It was my passion. I uh, got in school. I uh, started shadowing a few photographers. And, you know, if you're a photographer out there, don't take this the wrong way. But I, every one of the photographers I shadowed hated their lives. They hated their job. Like they were tired of dealing with snotty kids and broadzillas and you name it. And because what ended up happening was they started, it started as a passion project, something they really enjoyed. And so they wanted to make a career out of it. And in order to make, you know, the career successful again, at the time, you got to remember this is 16 years ago, a lot's changed in that field in 16 years, but, um, you know, thanks to social media, but back then, you know, you, if, if that's the career path you want to take, you got to do whatever it takes to make ends meet. Right. And a lot of them ended up getting into it because they enjoyed one type of photography, not all, but because they had to make ends meet, they ended up being, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. Well, um, so I, I decided to take a pivot and get more involved into like graphic design. I was like, well, cause then I can do that as like my day to day, but then for my, for my projects, my personal enjoyment and my hobbies, I can shoot whatever I want and no one can tell me what I have to and, or not have to shoot. Um, and then, so I just picked up a regular old job, uh, at a sandwich company, uh, a pretty large franchise. And, uh, while I was just trying to work to make ends meet, I ended up getting kind of thrown into a position where I was a assistant marketing director for one of the locations. Uh, my franchisee owner owned 13 locations. Her nephew graduated uh, from college with a marketing degree. And so she put him in place of as a marketing coordinator for all 13 locations. And then he went and kind of cherry picked one person out of each one to kind of be his assistant. Well, I didn't know anything about marketing, but they knew that I knew how to make uh, graphics, right? So they're like, oh, well, he should be it. He knows how to work on the computer, right? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> this, guy, this guy can fog a mirror. It's fine. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And you got to think, again, 15, 16 years ago, yeah. it was a lot of boots on the ground. It was a lot of guerrilla marketing. You know, it was a bunch of printing up coupons and handing them out and, you know, going and putting, you know, door hangers on houses in the local area. Uh, collecting business cards and emailing them all but one by one. But anyways, as I started down this career path, unknowing to what it was going to lead to, um, I ended up really getting a, an enjoyment out of it because it kind of got thrown at me so hard to where it went from, hey, can you put this on a flyer? Yeah, of course I can. Print it up. Hey, can you go put these out on car, car windshields? Yeah, of course I can. To, all right, hey, can you make another flyer? Sure. What do you want to say? I don't know. Put, figure something out and i was like oh i'm not ready for this y'all y'all realize i'm 18 years old um figure it like, out. yeah and um i ended up being able to produce some extremely successful uh and scalable you know strategies and it was really cool because i ended up within just a few a few months replacing that guy as the the um marketing director for all 13 locations and because of that at you know at, at this time i think i was 19 years old i was bringing in a lot of really good income for all 13 locations but that also gave me the opportunity to come to a crossroads where i was like hey here i am making more money at 19 years old than the career path i was choosing if i had graduated and continued on down that path so I ended up making a decision, uh, a 
because I'm 19 and money is definitely a motivator when you're 19. Yeah. Uh, you know, utilizing that part of my thought process, but also I, I had learned to really enjoy marketing. Um, I, I really liked being able to build things from the ground up and see them, you know, become successful, not only for, you know, the company, but for myself. Um, so man, from the age of 19, well, 18 really, but 19 is when it really started kicking off till now I'm 33 years old. It's been nothing but marketing. It's been nothing but pushing myself to learn more about the consumer's mind and how consumer psychology works, learning how to take things that otherwise to most people, they can't even comprehend putting it into more of an educational format to where they can consume it, understand what we're actually being able to provide their business. So that, that way, when we come up with new ideas, it's not like, a, well, I don't know what he's talking about, you know, and it costs a lot of money. So no, as we start working with them, their brain starts picking up on things. And so when I come to them with new, fresh ideas, it's not a shot in the dark. They can somewhat make an educated decision on it. So that's kind of where we've, uh, what we've evolved to and um man now now business is great we've got some really great case studies under our belt and uh at this point we're we're scaling we're, we're scaling pretty pretty quickly so it's yeah. been it's been a fun ride it's awesome you know and uh no no path goes straight up you know it's uh, there's okay. certainly there's always trials and tribulations and detours and stuff along the way and and a lot of times it's those things that happen in the margins and those cracks that really strengthen us in ways that we can't possibly understand. Uh, and so you, first of all, kind of getting that opportunity to just figure it out as a kid uh, was, was really instrumental in your ability to explain things in such plain language now. I think so. Uh, and, and then there were some other kind of bumps in the road that happened along the way. Uh, and so you choose this career path, you get into marketing, you're going along for a while. And uh, a few years later, uh, you, you kind of literally hit a bump in the road. Talk, talk to me about that. It was a kind of a motorcycle accident or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, 2013, April 13th, uh, minding my own business. Had a great time. Just got done test driving my dream car. Had plans to go. This was on a Saturday. Had plans to go back on Monday to buy it. Um, just minding my own business. Uh, had been riding with a group of probably 10 or 15 guys all day long literally on the home stretch on the way back to my house uh after i just branched off with everybody got hit head on um gentleman wasn't paying attention to what he was doing turned left across traffic so he basically hit me head on i was doing about 55 or 60 he was doing about 30 so you're talking about 90 miles an hour to a brick wall and um it was uh th that was a very pivotal moment in my life um 1.2 million dollars in medical bills told I was never going to be able to have kids again, told I was never going to be able to walk again, um, told that if I, well, at the time I wasn't told this, but uh, I basically um, died twice. I coded twice. Oh. Uh, they were having some serious, I went through 27 uh, units of blood in nine days. Your body holds eight to 10. So if I hadn't erect anywhere that didn't have a blood bank, I would have actually bled the hospital out of blood. Um, wow. Yeah, I went through, uh, how many nine emergency sur surgeries in six days uh, while I was wrecked, like what, as soon as I got wheeled in the very first operating room, they were repairing my torn aorta 
repairing my shattered pelvis and repairing my shattered knee, like all at the same time, like three separate, you know, situations happening. It was, it was pretty wild. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. It's wow, It's crazy. You say that I'm actually staring uh, at the front wheel, uh, that was on that motorcycle. So obviously, you know, a wheel is supposed to be round mm -hmm. and yeah. in the middle is a hub and an axle. And this is a 21 inch front wheel and both sides of the wheel are actually touching the hub uh, from frame of my bike to bumper of his car. But uh, it was, um, it was a wild ride for lack of better term terms, but um, it was uh, definitely something that I could have let be the worst thing to ever happen to me in my life, especially that time frame of about 90 day period. Um, maybe about six months, but anyways, uh, there was about a six month time frame that could have been the worst thing to ever happen to me and put me on the complete opposite trajectory of the one that I chose. Um, and it was up to me to decide. I remember sitting there for probably a few months to be realistic, just thinking of what kind of person I was going to be after this, how I was going to move forward, what type of, you know, effects I was going to let that situation, you know, control me. And it was, um, it was a wild few months, uh, a lot of soul searching, uh, a lot of depression, uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of why me, you know, I've always been like a pretty good guy, right. You know, like why me? Like I'm, I don't cheat people. I don't, I'm not a, you know, I don't, I'm not a bad person. Why me? Um, and it's, it's crazy because hindsight, you know, I was able to turn that situation into something that if you were to ask me now, it's probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Why is that? Uh, mindset. Uh, I think mindset has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, if you ask anybody that's been through, you know, a second chance at life, uh, I would say a majority of them have a very different outlook. Um, again, I wasn't a bad guy or anything, but it just kind of like gave me purpose. It kind of gave me more motivation of, um, you know, proving the big man right. You know, like he kept me instead of trying to prove other people wrong, it's like prove someone right. Um, a, a small story um, that kind of just to give you an idea Every morning now, when I come home from the gym, I stop in the middle of the yard and I just close my eyes and I just listen. And I hear the birds chirping and I can tell like kind of where they're at. And I can hear the highway on either side of me. I can hear cars driving down it. So it's like I'm envisioning people going to and from work or whatever the case may be. Uh, I just kind of take a lot of things in. Uh, and that kind of came from. There was a I got wheeled out. I was in the hospital. I was in ICU for two weeks, stepped down unit for four weeks, uh, and I got willed out. And I don't know if you realize, but um, there's like an actual feeling on your skin when the sun touches it, right? Like, obviously, that's how you get sunburn and stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, called, it's called radiation, Zach. <laughs> oh, well, there you, there you go. <laughs> you know, so if you haven't, <laughs> if you haven't experienced that in a long time, you know, we're so used to it. Right. So we don't think mm -hmm. about it. I got wheeled out and I felt the sun touch me mm -hmm. and I was like, "Wow, this is so weird. So I just, I, and that was the first time I'd even seen sunlight, you know? And so I just lifted my head up and just looked straight up in the sky and was just kind of like letting the sun hit my face. And I just opened my eyes 
and I saw a red male cardinal fly by mm. and not a whole lot of significance to some people, but like, I was just like, Oh, that was, you know, I, here I am, you know, appreciating things. And I was like, I don't really know when the last time I saw a red, a male red cardinal, especially here I am in the middle of the city. Like what's he doing here? And, um, and I was like, is it that I haven't seen a red cardinal or I haven't been like slowed myself down to recognize that I've seen one. Mm. Um, and so it just, from that moment on, I've done my best to try and slow down and appreciate things in the moment because take it from me, you know, life can change in an instant. Right. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's crazy to me that a, that extra motivation to be successful, to prove that like, I'm not wasting the second chance of life. Um, but then also just like taking in the fact that like, I had so much going on, you know, at the time I, I lost everything. I, you know, I had a six figure job. Um, and I was 22. I spent my 23rd birthday in the hospital. Um, so, uh, this coming, this next April will actually be the 10 year anniversary, but, um, you know, six figures at, you know, 22 years old, lost that lost my house, uh, lost uh, a car, lost two Harleys. Uh, my credit score got destroyed. I bled through my savings, my parents' savings. I bankrupted a company that I owned. You bled at the through time. a bunch of blood at a hospital. <laughs> I bled through everything. All kinds bro. of bleeding, man. Yeah, you know, man. What, what really stands out to me is there was this moment where you're wheeled out. You're feeling that warm tingle of the sun hitting your skin and, and reinvigorating you with, with vitamin D. Right. And you look up and you see this red Cardinal fly across and, and, and hindsight is a great teacher. Maybe you didn't think this right at the moment, but at some point you were able to reflect and realize like, have I really never seen this before? Or have I not slowed down enough to really appreciate it and recognize that I've seen it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we, uh, there's a, you know, the whole cliche stop and smell the roses, you know, this is your stop and look at the Cardinal, you know? Yeah. And a lot of times we just don't do that. And you mentioned earlier, if somebody has a second chance at life, you tend to appreciate things a little bit better. Uh, you know, if you spend all day in an office and you go out, that breath, that first breath you take outside is like the sweetest breath ever. Mm. You know, mm. when, when you've been uh, on the road in isolation, kind of by yourself doing your thing, that first moment when you walk in and you see your family, your spouse, your kids come up and give you a hug, it's like the best hug ever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we don't take that time to really appreciate it when it's there in front of us all the time. It's that it's that lack that helps us really appreciate the fact that it was there. And when it comes back, it just reminds you of what you get up for in the morning. That's 100 percent truth. Yeah, man. Well, I I, uh, I I wanted to talk about your fake daughter for a minute, but I don't know if now's the time. <laughs> hey, it's fine with me, man. It doesn't upset me <laughs> before, at all. That's. But before we do that, though, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to get into a little bit about what makes your brain work. I mean, you've been through some pretty harrowing experiences. You died twice, uh, you know, if at, at the risk of, you know, undoing all the wiring, you know, let's get up in that head and see what's happening there with the do zone diagnostic. What do you think? 
Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, just a quick series of five questions here. I ask every guest. Um, number one, what's one thing that you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Mm. Um, I think it's paying attention to, to the people that I care about and keeping my why like directly in front of me at all times. The goal that I'm moving towards is my why. Got it. And you want me to elaborate on that or, I would <laughs> or no? love it. Okay. Okay. Elaborate on that. Uh, yeah. So my wife, my daughter and I, we love traveling. We love spending time together. In all honesty, if we didn't have to be around any other people, like, you know, I'm not going to say that, that we would love it or hate it. We're just content enough with, you know, our, our circle, right. And experiences, uh, I got to, I, because of what I do with my business, we had something that typically would have been a bad situation for a lot of people. Our house got flooded like three months after moving into it. And we had to be out for five to seven weeks. Uh, so we ended up just picking up and going to Belize for five weeks, uh, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. And honestly, that there's, there's no amount of money that could replace the memories that we made. You know, there's things that I'm seeing in my head right now, going back to watching my daughter dance, you know, in front of a band on a beach and sitting there eating juicy watermelon as it drips all down her from a, the, the side of the road where people were selling fresh produce. You know, there's just so much that happened in those five weeks that there's nothing, nothing in this world, no accomplishment could replace like the memories that we get to make on a regular basis as a family together. And that's my why. Powerful stuff, man. And you keep that image of that dancing on the beach and your daughter, you keep that in your head and that's what keeps you focused on your goals. All the time, bro. All the time. And the, the other end of that is the next question. How do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Um, so I've had to realize that um, everybody's different. Uh, you know, you can listen to a hundred different speakers, a hundred different gurus, whatever you want to call them. And they're all going to have different answers. Some people are going to tell you never to take your foot off the gas. Some people are going to tell you that they work, you know, you know, 50 hours a day and, you know, 12, 12 days a week. But at the end of the day, you've got to figure out what works best for you. Uh, me, I take every Friday off. It just, it is what I do, but I also work 4 a.m., to sometimes 5 p.m., sometimes 7 p.m., sometimes 10 p.m., Monday through Thursday. So, um, you know, my balance is if I can give, if you want me to give 100% of my time of, of me from 4 a.m. till whatever time I end up deciding to stop working Monday through Thursday, I have to have time to reset, let my brain cool down. You know, Ferraris weren't meant to run at 9,000 RPMs 24-7. So, Fridays is my time with my wife while my daughter's in school. So we go do whatever she wants, whether that's sitting on the couch and just watching TV for eight hours, whether that's getting up and going day drinking and hanging out and going to eat crawfish or whatever the case, um, you know, Saturdays is for doing whatever it is my daughter wants. If she wants donuts that morning, if she wants to do this, do that, whatever, um, we go do whatever my daughter wants. And on Sundays, it's kind of a, just to chill. We kind of recoup. If we have some time for family, friends and family to kind of go do something without interfering with, you know, everything starting back over on Monday, that's what we do. But, uh, I have to have 
you know, for the most part, I have to have those three days together of just being able to turn my brain off and reset. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. And, and who is your support group, Zach? And how do they keep you accountable? Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm in Apex. Um, so I have a lot of influence within the Apex community. Uh, look up to a lot of people in Apex. Uh, but in all honesty, like uh, Jay Bird, he is my head of sales, my best friend. Uh, we both co-own a business together as well as, you know, he is my head of sales. And uh, he kind of, he keeps me grounded when I'm having my tough days, you know, dealing with this, that, whatever, all the moving pieces. And not all, not all the times do all the moving pieces work correctly together. It's easy to kind of get bogged down. There's a lot of pressure, you know. It's not just my family that eats off of this. It's my employees, my contractors, this, that, whatever VAs that all rely on this being successful. And it's a lot of pressure. And so sometimes um, just hearing how thankful he is for the opportunities that we are now facing because of the hard work we've put in helps kind of remind me to, to kind of, like you said, kind of pull back and take a look at the overall picture, I might be down right now, but I'm miles and miles ahead of where I was three months ago, six months ago, three years ago. Aren't we all? That's right. Good for you, man. And uh, so a more kind of strategic question here. How do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? So, you know, the squirrel that stops in the middle of the road is the one that gets run over. The one that continues running all the way across is the one that survives. Mm. Uh, so I have a lot of irons in the fire, as a lot of people would say. And I take that approach both in business as well as investing. Um, but the reason I can be pretty aggressive in my approach is because I have multiple streams of income, multiple investments, multiple businesses, and multiple different you know, strategies that we focus on. So when I see something that I want to accomplish, whether it's a new type of client, whether it's a new niche, a new industry, a new investment, whatever, uh, I first off, I do my research first. I'm not making dumb decisions. It's at least an educated decision. But at the end of the day, my industry specifically is ever evolving. You look at investments, those are, you know, volatile, whatever the case is. Um, but when I, when I, look at something and I say, Hey, this makes sense. Hey, I think we can do this. And this is the type of risk versus reward that it offers. When I decide to, to move on something, I go all in, I focus on that goal and I don't stop until I hit it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. The, uh, I wrote this down, the squirrel that stops in the middle of the road is the one that gets run over. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, if you're going to be a squirrel, Make sure you're the one that keeps running. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, last question for you is on this, Zach. What is the number one pro tip that you would give somebody who's looking to get more stuff done in less time? Um, so there's two things that I would contribute to this. Uh, a would be the G code and B would be the powerless. G code comes from Ryan Stuman uh, and the powerless comes from Andy Fursella. Those are both about being, the G code is more about being consistent than anything, which is a huge uh, factor into this. But then also simultaneously, the power list is about generating five critical tasks that you complete each and every day. 
And those are the five things that are going to help you move the needle. Uh, for me, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time I can get those five critical tasks done before nine and 10 a.m. So I could, I could take off for the rest of the day and actually feel like content, feel like I've accomplished something, not have some of that entrepreneurial, like, uh, you know, regret. Because I know that I've already, before most people have even clocked in, I've already done enough in that day to move the needle. Uh, and again, going back to the G code and the power list, it's, it really kind of boils down to consistency and just making sure that you plan and structure out your day to make sure that you give yourself ample amount of time to win the day. Hmm. I love it. So the G code from Ryan Stuman and power list from Andy Frisella. Yes, sir. Excellent. And so real quick, as a, as a segue here, I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more about what you do and who you serve, but what's the deal with the fake daughter? <laughs> All right. Um, so right before that wreck that we just discussed, uh, I have been in a previous marriage. Uh, I was with someone for over six years, my first, you name it, high school sweethearts. I mean, it was the whole nine yards. Uh, your typical fairy tale, right? Whatever. Um, or so I thought. Uh, at the time, like I said, I uh, started making pretty good money coming out of, out of high school into college uh, and through college. And um, we decided that, um, you know, we wanted to take things to the next level. We'd already been dating for several years. So we wanted to take a look at like, you know, living together and moving in together and doing that whole, that whole thing. Well, we were still young, right? I, I get it. Uh, moved a little too fast, but again, what are you going to tell someone at that age, especially someone that's been together for three or four years? You know, you thought, you thought this was what real love looked like. You thought you'd been through some real life experiences and kind of been through the pressure to tell if, uh, you know, you are who you say you are, but also you're developing your own personality and deciding what kind of a person you want to be. And so there was some, some interesting times, but um, we ended up getting pregnant. And so at the time, you know, at this time we had been together for probably four or five years. So things were serious, right? At this point we're pregnant. We got a, a little human baby on the way that is ours that we're going to have to care for and provide for and keep alive. You know, like this is a lot, this is a lot of uh, responsibility here. So, you know, making decent money at my age and was like, all right, well, let's do this whole American dream, right? Let's, let's buy a house. Let's have a nursery. Let's, you know, have this baby and raise it and, you know, teach it right and wrong and all this, right. And just continue down our career paths. Well, um, I had bought the house, paid her way through college, the whole nine yards. And, um, the baby was four months old and long story short, ended up getting a phone call that changed my life, uh, and found out that that baby wasn't mine. Oh. Um, yeah. And not only that found out that both the, um, my, wife at the time and my wife's my mother-in-law at the time both had known the entire time um so not only was it the nine months of the pregnancy but also four months the baby was born so here we're talking about what was it 13 months something like that yeah 13 months of 
preparing to take care of this creature as my own. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, weigh like, you know, what, you know, situations people have been through are better, or worse, harder, or easier. Cause you know, I know some people that find out when their kids are years and years and tens of years, and even, you know, their entire grown life find out that that kid wasn't there. So, um, you know, I know there's some tough pills to swallow out there, but for me, you know, at the end of the day, like that was the hardest thing I've ever been through, you know, at that time. Yeah. Um, and so dealing with all that, you know, my life was shattered. You know, I went through an extremely, extremely long and deep, dark depression that like, I didn't understand. I'm not a really depressed person. So I go through like what I call like situational depression. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily deal with depression on a daily basis or this or that, but there's, there's some, there's some shit that sucks out there that we go through and it'll pull, yeah. it'll drag you down. Um, exactly. So you know, there's, there's so many, uh, you know, there's, there's no way to gauge who's suffering more based on what happened. That's true. Because um, the, the person that you are, the child that you were, the uh, tools that you're equipped with and the way that you navigate the world is it's different for each person. And so what might seem minor to one person is the end of the world to someone else. I know this because I have a teenage daughter <laughs> and I remember, and it's, it's important to have empathy for somebody else's plight and somebody else's situation because watching her struggle through some of these emotional issues it reminds me of when I was 15 years old. And if I really, really think about it, I was going through the same shit that she's going through now. Mm -hmm. It's just that I have now the benefit of time and wisdom and perspective that she doesn't have yet yeah. because I'm a lot older than her, <laughs> you know, and I've had that experience. And so right. it's important not to discount what somebody else is going through. Like, ah, you should have seen it coming. You should have this, you should have that. No, the only real response is, man, I bet that sucks. I'm so sorry yep. to hear that that's happened to you and let them decide how much it's ultimately worth to them. You can't right. tell somebody else what something's worth to them. No, you're hundred percent right. Uh, I was actually on a friend of mine, Randy Jowers podcast and the same situation came up where, uh, you know, I had just got done telling this story and he, he's got teenage daughters as well. And he was like, yeah, bro. Like I had to calm myself down. Cause here, here's my daughter be like, Oh my God, like this is the end of the world. And he's like, shut the, you know, shut up this, you know, this, and he's like, wow, hold on. So we had a whole, you know, discussion of at the end of the day, if someone is facing the hardest thing that they've ever been through to date, it is still the hardest thing they've ever been through. So like for me at the time dealing with that situation that I've been through was the, that was a level 10 to me. That was the hardest thing I've ever been through. But if we're going to go and we interview your daughter, who's talking about some stuff that is going on in her life in high school, and it's the hardest thing she's ever faced. Guess what? It's still a 10 for her too. We're still comparing tens and tens. It's just about what, you know, path we're on at the end of the day. If I were to go through any type of situation, like anything that I've been through in the past, it's still going to suck, but at least I have a path and a guide and I know 
which direction to go and can make it, it's still going to suck, but I at least know which way to go. I still have that, like you said, that wisdom to be able to kind of go back, reverse engineer how I made it through that last one. But yeah, we're still comparing tens for tens at the end of the day. I, I would say that's probably one of the most profound things that, that I have encountered in just random back and forth on, on my podcast so far. <laughs> and, and it just kind of came out of nowhere, right? We were talking about something else and then it, <laughs> and this came in, you know, comparing tens to tens. And, you know, I know that there's this podcast is about business and productivity, but part of being productive and part of running a successful business is you first you have to understand people. Mm-hmm. And in order to understand people, you have to understand yourself. Yeah. Yeah. In order to love somebody else, you have to love yourself. And part of that comes with when you're in stressful situations where you see somebody else in a stressful situation, how do you handle that? Do you understand that this person is stressed not because they're incompetent or immature or incapable of handling stress, It's because something is overwhelming them in that moment. They don't have the tools. I can't find the damn hammer to hit this nail. And you can't necessarily change that or fix that for them by giving them perspective. Take my perspective. You need it Mm -hmm. because we have to develop that perspective on our own. When, I mean, I'm sure your parents uh, or your friends or somebody may have said something like, you know, Zach, this is not the person for you. Don't do this. You really need to grow up and stay in school and do all your stuff and don't go and be with this person. It's a mistake. And you're like, whatever. I love her. It's great. Right. Nobody could force that perspective on you. You had to live it. Right. No, hundred percent. Now that you've lived it, how are you going to put that on your daughter? How are you going to share that in a way that's not forcing it, but saying, Hey, you do what you want, but uh i've had uh i've had to think about that a lot just growing up because like i've not because of my so i actually have a a current wife and daughter i say current like they're going anywhere but i am now re i'm now remarried and do have who knows (laughs) i do now have a wife and a very beautiful daughter that are in my life that i'm more than happy and thankful for uh and so you know since having my daughter i've had to think a lot about how do you parent her? Right. And, um, I've had the, the luck, I guess you could say of having a, a sister that's younger than I am. That's older than my daughter. So I've been able to kind of go through some of these like parenting experiences, but from the big brother standpoint, um, but it all kind of changed once I started going back through and replaying some of these learning experiences that my sister and I have, uh, had, and how would I approach those with, Lottie, my daughter. And, uh, you know, a big thing that I've uh, taken an approach from with just helping my sister and my younger brother, you know, through situations is just giving them the, the, the both scenarios, like give them the scenario that they're looking for and giving them the average scenario and letting them make decisions for themselves. I mean, at the end of the day, could you rob a bank and get away with it? Maybe what what's the alternative you're gonna go to jail you know what i mean obviously that's a dramatic you know expression but you see where i'm going with that like 
can can you do this and and be around these people yeah you can could you be the the positive influence for them yeah sure um could you allow their thought processes and their activities influence you yeah probably sure is that dice that you're willing to roll yeah yeah are you willing to live with the fact that this may not end up the way you want it to yep can you handle that Yep. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thanks for going down that rabbit hole with me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> about, no, I don't apologize for yeah. anything. You know, it's, this is this is really the important stuff. You know, I get comments, uh, by the way, if you're listening to this episode and you uh, are enjoying and appreciating this particular thing, please, please feel free to reach out to either Zach or myself. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, I'll tell you, Zach, uh, I get I get commentary on this podcast all the time, sometimes from people that I've known for 20 years and haven't talked to for 18. Uh, and wow. sometimes it's for people in business community, but rarely are the comments about business strategies or something that was discussed mm-hmm. almost exclusively. It's about something very similar to what we just talked about. It's about something about getting your head right, mm-hmm. because that's what matters the most. Yeah. We can go out there and we can create big businesses and we can be super productive and we can maximize the value of our time. But if we're trash on the inside, <laughs> it's not worth it. And yeah. it doesn't mean anything. And we don't feel it anyway. Right. And so it's important that us as entrepreneurs and business owners and thought leaders, it's important that we tell these stories so that somebody out there that might be listening to this right now that went through some of the same shit that you went through is like, oh, my God, it wasn't just me. Yeah, 100%. That happened to me. I'm not alone. And sometimes yep. that's all it takes for somebody to just get up and go and take and take the next breath yeah. and wake up the next day and go and like, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not living that lie anymore. I'm going to stand up for my own truth. Yes. I love it. Yeah, dude. Tell us Zach, you know, you're, you're a quality dude for sure. And I'm, and I'm imagine that anybody listening to this episode wants to do business with you, but they don't know what you do. So what do you do? <laughs> Uh, so I do own a marketing agency. Uh, I'm not one of those bros. Uh, I didn't just take one course and then all of a sudden tell everyone that I own a marketing agency and go rent a Lamborghini to shoot a uh, <laughs> an advertisement on. But, uh, you know, like I said, I've been in the game for 15, going on 16 years now, 13 years of that was in the corporate America. Um, so I have had the honor and opportunity to see what, you know, million dollar budgets look like and how they're being spent how they're being tracked and how they're being, you know, decided on what stays and what goes. And I've had the opportunity to bring that to smaller businesses. Um, So we like to holistically control the marketing for agencies or for businesses rather. So we like making sure that everything that's being put out has your own brand voice, your brand message, your brand guidelines. Um, it just looks like you, feels like you, talks like you from every aspect. That's from your advertisements, that's from your social media, that's from uh, the way your email and your SMS and your chatbots all talk and interact, all your graphics and your videos, the whole nine yards. So when we get involved with businesses, we like to consider them partners in a sense, because we really uh, want to work hand in hand with growing their businesses. Now, uh, we've moved to where we do. um, We exclusively work with businesses that do over a million dollars a year on the agency side of things. 
and we do a percentage-based, um, you know, payment. And the way we do that is we only take credit for what we do. So we look at your, what your last year was, what your currently run rate is for your, uh, the current year. And we look at your forecast and we did, we come to an agreement on what you expect to be doing and anything over that we, um, take a percentage on. So there's no risk to the business owner. Now it's high reward for us because, you know, we get the opportunity to really focus on your business solely. We get to, uh, produce a full blown marketing campaign for you, as well as implement some of our agency uh, employees as exclusive to you, as well as specialists um, that can work on your accounts. And we just grow your business from there. We've got some really great experiences and case studies of, yeah, we have the two, three, four, five X results, but we've also had some, you know, 16 to 21 X results. Uh, we have produce several millions of dollars in, in less than an entire fiscal year uh, for multiple different businesses. So that goes back to when I was first getting into marketing, really enjoying seeing something grow from the ground up. It's what I'm uh, you know, basically applying just with all the wisdom and knowledge that I've gained over the years is helping businesses not necessarily start from the ground up, but if they don't really have a full blown marketing um, business or marketing direction and strategy, I get to help build that from the ground up. Um, so if you're listening and you're not there yet, uh, I do have an education platform. I have a course that's out. Uh, it's a course and uh, a coaching program for only $97 a month. And it, um, I'm getting a lot of really great feedback on. And for me, uh, if you're asking me, I've spent over $100,000 uh, in my life on coaches, courses, and conferences. And this is the best culmination of actual education as well as production. So um, it also comes with a layer of accountability. We have course concierges that check in on you, make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, keep you accountable, make sure that you're actually doing this. Because at the end of the day, I want you to implement this into your business. I don't want you just to consume it and that be it. Nice. So that's what I do. That's great, dude. That's a, that's a lot. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so this, this course that you have uh, right now, first of all, $97 a month for all of the things that you're giving are amazing, uh, way underpriced, way over delivered for sure. But, but who's it for, who would be the best person to, to jump in there and benefit from, from this training? hundred percent. Thank you for asking. So basically if, if you have a business and just, you're not quite there to be able to afford a full blown marketing agency, maybe this is you. But uh, you know, going back, the whole ultimate goal is to scale you out of doing each individual thing. But anyways, that's a separate you know, topic. So whether this is for you to take the training or this is someone on your staff, whether it's a marketing manager, marketing assistant, marketing coordinator, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so this can be applied to you personally or your employees uh, for the training and the coaching. Um, but realistically, it's for aspiring entrepreneurs. If you don't have a business yet, but you've got to learn how to market yourself first, or you've already made it past that point and you've already got an established business, you're just super confused on any of this marketing, any of this strategy, how to get people to engage and interact and actually even accept your calls to action. This, is the, this course will teach you how to do that. Excellent. That's, that's very clear. So pretty much anybody that is looking to uh, solve a major problem or close a major gap in their marketing sales fundamentals, 
Yes, this is all about controlling the consumer's thought process through marketing. Got it. And where can we learn more about that? Or do you want to give a call to action to your main website or directly to this course? What works best? Yeah, absolutely. So every piece of information you ever need to know about me is at www.zackroiwilliams.com. So just zackroiwilliams.com. Uh, you'll see the link to my course on there. You'll see the link to my, my podcast, my video cast. I give out a free ebook. So if you need to start there first, by all means, it's got my bio, core values, you name it, links to all my socials. Boom. Excellent. Zach, R-O-I Williams.com. That's Zach with a C-K. Thanks very much for that. I appreciate you. Man, Zach, I had a good time uh, here doing this podcast. We're going to wrap up. Uh, any quick parting thoughts before we finish. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. If you heard anything on this podcast, I don't care if you're about to go to bed. I don't care if you just woke up. I don't care if you're running late to work, (laughs) go and implement it immediately. That's the key to success right there. Deliberate learning. You got it. Guys, for more information, if you really enjoyed this episode, you can reach out to Zach Williams by going to his website, zachroiwilliams.com. That's Z-A-C-K, Zach with a C-K. If you are a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at the do zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into the do zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time.